For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love James chapter 3, James chapter 3 and verse number 11 is where we'll begin today. The Bible says in James 3.11, Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? I live in Florida. All over Florida, there's freshwater springs everywhere. The water coming out of the ground is, is 72 degrees. No matter where you go out in Florida, when that water comes out of the ground, it's 72 degrees. I grew up in Perry. We used to go over to, to uh, Blue Springs all the time. It's beautiful, beautiful springs. Ice cold water. When, it, when it's 100 degrees outside and you dive in that water at 72 degrees, it feels like you're diving in a, in a, in a cup of ice water. That's what it feels like. It'll just take your breath away. But nowhere... Out of all the springs that I have been to, have I ever seen salt water coming out of those springs or brackish water or bitter water? And that's what the Bible says here. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? And what it is referring to is talking about our speech, our tongue. The Bible says that we should not have positive uplifting good words coming out of our mouth and then turn around and have bitter hateful mean nasty sour words coming out of the same mouth and that's what this verse is referring to our mouth is like a like a spring it can be a spring of living water it can lift people up or it can put out some bitter water and tear people down but the bible says that it should not do both it should be one way or the other. Now, you know which way it should be, of course. The Bible says that you should be vigilant in your speech. You should be careful with your words. Edifying one another, the Bible says. No spring gives fresh water and bitter at the same time, and our tongue should not either. Amen? James 3.12, Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olives? Either a vine figs so can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh just as water from a fountain speaks of refreshment the the fruit from a fig tree speaks of nourishment to the body a fig but a you know a fig tree it can't produce olives neither neither can a grapevine bear figs neither can a fig tree bear grapes it can only bear one kind of fruit and it's referring back to our tongue, that our tongue should only bear one kind 
of fruit, godly fruit. Amen. You know, in nature, a tree produces only, only one kind of fruit. How is it then that our tongue can produce good and evil? It shouldn't, the Bible says. And we're warned about that. Be careful what you say. No spring can yield salt water and fresh at the same time. It's got to be either or. Hey, these lessons in this verse are reminded us to watch what we say, to watch our speech. And as I said in my last message, I'm probably the most likely uh, person to preach this message, but thank God he gives us new mercies every day. Amen? So ask yourself the following question. Do I teach others things that I have not obeyed myself? Do I criticize others behind their back? Is my speech consistently clean and edifying, in other words? Or do I mince my words up? Ask yourself and be honest with yourself. Because unless you're honest with yourself, you cannot fix yourself. You cannot make the necessary changes to get yourself right with God. And so we are good about lying about our, to ourselves. Well, I'm pretty good. Well, I just told a little white lie. Well, I just a little of that. Well, no, you look yourself square in the eye and you be honest with yourself because really it's between you and God. God's the one that looks at your heart. And we do most of our sinning, ladies and gentlemen, in our heart, in our mind. But us good Christians that go to church every Sunday and try to keep ourselves clean, we think, oh, we're not, we're not, we're not that bad. I never did that. But let me just tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says that if you even look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery with her already in your heart. If you think that thought, it's already if you went ahead and did it. And that is in every thought, every aspect. The Bible even says if you hate your brother, it's like you've committed murder. So you be honest with yourself. Because God knows you cannot fix yourself unless you are honest with yourself. And like I said, we, we tend to, to uh, kind of mull things over. Well, I'm not that bad. Well, I never did that. Well, I never went there. But listen, all of us, all of us have a problem with our thought lives at times. Let's get that cleaned up. Verse 13 tells us, Who is a wise man? Endued with knowledge among you. Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Meekness, the Bible says. If a man is wise, he will show it with a good conduct but also a humble spirit. And that's, that's wisdom. And the, the greatest example that we have of that is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the example of true wisdom. He wasn't proud or arrogant. He was meek and lowly in heart, the Bible says. Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 tells us that. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. You know, so many times I pray, and I, I need this, and I want that, and I have all these things pulling me in this way and that way. But when I finally stop, put the phone down, turn the radio off, turn the TV off, turn everything else off, 
it's that still, small voice. And that's God speaking to you. He is meek and He is lowly. When you finally sit down and you really want to hear from God and you turn off everything, God will speak to you in that still, small voice. Because the Bible says that He is meek and lowly in heart. And listen, all who are truly wise have some genuine humility about them. They're not pride, not full of pride, not being boastful, but they have some real humility. I know before I got saved, I was quick to snap back at somebody. Um, but let me just tell you what I've learned. That's nothing but pride. There's no humility there. Now, I've learned and grown since then. And God has made the way for me to do that in ways that I really didn't want to get humble. But listen, God will humble you. But with that, he's doing something in your life that is actually good for you and good for the kingdom of God if you will respond in the right way. Have genuine humility. Amen? Verse 14 says, But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. Listen, a worldly wise man is, is characterized by bitter envy, selfish ambition of heart, ambition of in, in his heart. I'm going to get what I want, how I want, when I want. I'm going to do what I want. He has one passion in life, and that's to advance and get his own interests done at any cost, whatever it takes. And he's jealous of uh, competitors. He's ruthless in dealing with them. He's proud. He's proud of his worldly wisdom. But James says that's not wisdom at all. That kind of boasting and bragging is empty and futile. A man who is truly great. Let me just tell you what the Bible says about a man who's truly great. Something God showed me. You know, in Daniel, King Nebuchadnezzar went into another land, took the young people, the brightest, the smartest, the best looking, and he took them as slaves back to his kingdom. And Daniel and his friends were part of that group. And the king had a dream. Nobody could interpret that dream. But Daniel did. And when Daniel did that, the Bible says in Daniel chapter 2, verse 48, Then the king made Daniel a great man and gave him many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole providence of Babylon and chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. Now, Daniel went from being a slave to a nobody. All of a sudden, he is lifted up to second in charge over all the land, the Bible says. He's over the wise men. He's the chief of the governors, the whole providence of Babylon. Wow, Daniel could have boasted and bragged, look at me, check me out, look who I am. I'm sure they put nice clothes on him and arrayed him with jewelry and rings and all kinds of fancy things and put him up in a big chair. Daniel could have easily said, wow, look at me, here I am. But you know what the first thing Daniel did? It tells you in Daniel 2.49, the next verse, the very next thing that Daniel did, then Daniel requested of the king, and he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs 
of the providence of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. You know, a man who is trying to make himself great will step and stomp on others to get there. But like Daniel, who was a great man, when he was lifted up, a man who is truly great, when he is lifted up, he will pull others up with him. And that's what Daniel did. He was lifted up and he reached down and he pulled others up with him. That is the difference. A man that's trying to make himself great will step and stomp on others to get there, but a man who is truly great will lift others up with him, and he will be humble. Amen? James chapter 3 and verse 15. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. Wow, did you hear that? A world That's talking about worldly wisdom. It descendeth not from above. It's not from God. It's not from heaven. The Bible says it's earthly, it's sensual, and it's devilish. Oh, wow. Doesn't that put a new look on some earthly wisdom? But even in Christian service, it's possible to get bitterly jealous of other people, other workers, other preachers, other people that are doing things for God. Say, look at them, look what they're doing. But God doesn't want you to compare yourself with anybody except the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the example. You worry about what God's doing in your life and what God wants you to do. Amen? God has called you to a special mission in this life. Hey, and you stick to that. You focus on that. You keep your eyes on Jesus, hey? And God will bless it. Amen? And there, there's always a danger of a worldly wise man being in a position of leadership in the church because he'll start making business decisions, business financial decisions, instead of of spiritual decisions. Amen. And I know it happens. I know you've heard of deacons getting saved. Maybe a youth pastor getting saved or somebody been in church for a long time getting saved. Hey, I went to church for a long time before I got saved because I wanted my family to be in church. I wanted to be, you know, a good person, but I was lost. I'd have fell off that pew right into hell. But let me just tell you, the day I got born again, the Holy Spirit moved in. God changed my life. Amen. And I thank God for it. So we have to guard against those things. We most certainly do. James calls that false wisdom, earthly, sensual, and demonic. It's devilish, the Bible says. Wow. Isn't that something? That earthly means that that wisdom's not from heaven, but it's from the earth. Sensual means that it's, not, it's certainly not from the Holy Spirit but it's from a man's lower nature. You see, nothing good dwells in your flesh. Anything that has good comes from God. It comes from the Spirit of God. And demonic means, man, it stoops down and, and, and resembles the behavior of, of demons rather than men. It's demonic. It's self-seeking. Because you know what the devil says? He doesn't, want you to do, he doesn't want you to do what he wants you to do. No, he wants you to do what you want to do. He wants you to fulfill the lust of your flesh, what your eyes want. That's what he wants. What did he tell Jesus when he took him up to that pinnacle and said, Hey, I'll give you all this if you'll but bow down to me. Let me just tell you, mans, be careful because... We look out in the world and we say, boy, it'd be nice to have that. Boy, it'd be nice to have that. Boy, it'd be nice to have that. 
and careful. Don't get your eyes off of God. You do what Jesus did. You quote scripture right back at him and know that those physical things, these earthly things really mean nothing. They mean nothing. Sure, it's nice to have a good job or a nice home. I don't mean it like that. But when your heart is set on that, when you're serving that instead of Jesus, wow, what a danger that is. So be careful with that earthly wisdom. Amen. And I think of a lot of the philosophers today, a lot of, a lot of the psychologists today, they are full of this so-called earthly wisdom. But the Bible says that it's sensual, it's demonic, it's devilish, it's from the pit itself. It's certainly not from above. And the Bible talks about that, the ever learning, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. There's some really wise people that are not saved. They're blinded by the devil. You have to remember that. That's earthly wisdom. Verse 16, James chapter 3 and verse 16. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Envying and strife. There's going to be some confusion and there's going to be a lot of evil work. Whenever there's envy, there's always self-seeking. You also find confusion, disharmony, and every other kind of evil that you can imagine. And that is what the devil wants. He wants to destroy your home. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your church. Amen? You be careful. You be careful. Don't let the devil get a foothold in your life. Because the devil hates marriage. That's the very first thing God instituted. And let me just say, strife. Strife can come in a marriage. Even between two good loving people that truly love each other. Why? Most of the time, it's because of pride. I want what I want. Why ain't I getting what I want? Why aren't they meeting my needs? But the Bible says that we need to humble ourselves and God will exalt us. Amen. So the devil hates marriage. It's the very first thing God instituted. It's the most sacred thing that God instituted. And the devil hates that. And he wants to destroy it at all costs, whatever he can do to hurt it. He has an agenda. Amen. So wherever envying and strife is, there is confusion. Look at all the unrest and all the agitation in the world today. If you watch the news, you're very aware of all that, all the agitation and upset that people are. Everybody's offended at everything. All because men reject true wisdom and act according to their own earthly wisdom. True wisdom is the gospel. It's the Bible. Amen. Verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. This wisdom that comes from God is first pure in thought, word, deed. It's clean in spirit, body, and doctrine as faith and in the morals it's undefiled and it's peaceable. A wise man loves peace. A wise woman loves peace and does all that they can to be peaceful, to get along with others. 
and will do all they can to maintain peace, but without sacrificing purity. Amen. Wisdom from above is full of mercy and good fruits. It most certainly is. It's full of mercy to those that are in the wrong. Maybe somebody's wronged you, but the Bible says you should forgive them. Amen. Live peaceably, if all possible. And tr a true wise man, a true wise man is genuinely humble. He's humble. He's not full of pride. He's not lifting himself up, but he's humble. He's more likely to lift somebody else up than himself. His life is pure, both morally and spiritually, and he's a peaceable person. He's a peaceable man. Finally, he's not a hypocrite. He doesn't say one thing and mean another. He says what he means. Amen. I was talking to my eight-year-old yesterday and teaching him about what it is when you shake somebody's hand. He's eight years old. But he learned that lesson of when I give you my word, I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. Because a man's word, if a man's word is no good, he's no good. That's why we have all these contracts and all these things because you can't believe what somebody says. So we have to have a deal because I don't know if you're going to hold up to the words that you tell me. But a true man, a wise man, when he gives you his word, he will hold to it. A worldly wise man, his heart is a worldly wise man. His heart is filled with envying and strife. He lives to gratify his own self like an animal does. His, his methods are cruel. He'll do whatever it takes. He's devilish. And, and people can't approach him, but he's also unforgiving and vindictive. And he only values people according to the, what benefit they might benefit him. That's a, a worldly wise man. But a man who is truly wise, a man who truly loves God, he, he loves others because he's right with God. The more that you love God, the more that you will love others. The more you will want to live in peace with others. The more you will want to show others the love of God. Amen. Hey, that is wisdom. That is from above. It most certainly is. That is wisdom from above. And that's what that verse says. The wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Do you show others mercy? Do you have good fruits in your life without partiality? Are you partial to other people? Or do you partial to people? The Bible says that's, that's good fruits. It's good fruits. Amen. Mercy, good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Verse 18, and the fruit of the righteous is sown in peace of them that make peace. Listen to that verse again. And the fruit of the righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. We have just learned that true wisdom is peace and loving. Here we're reminded it's like a farming process. You put a seed in the ground because you want to grow something. What does that Bible says? And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace. Everything that you do throughout the day, you are sowing something whether it be good or bad. Do you sow peace? Do you sow righteousness? Do you sow mercy? Because listen, you will reap a harvest from that. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, and verse 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. 
Make sure that you're sowing righteousness and purity. Amen? That we may live right before God. That we may show others the love of God. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.